spirit of the great television crossover episodes of all time, like that time Urkel showed up on Full House, or Boy Meets World met Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or who could forget the life-changing mashup of That's So Raven, The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, and Hannah Montana. Pure gold. We thought we'd record an episode every now and again featuring another podcast we admired, and bring the host of that show over to the middle-aged men on world. First up is Two Twins and an Album. That's the number two, Twins and an Album. Enjoy. We are pleased to be joined by one of the hosts and one of the twins of Two Twins and an Album, Nick Brandon, or as he's affectionately known by his friends and his listeners, Nubs. Uh, Nick, welcome to Middle Age Men On. Great to have you. Thank you guys so much. It's it's. Uh, I was trying to think about is there is there like an official name for when you, you know, join uh, when one podcast host joins another podcast? Do you guys know? Is, is there a name for this? There's a name for everything nowadays. We so were we were just thinking crossover. Yeah, we're calling it crossover. Yeah. That works for you. Okay, well, I got a few. I, I don't know. I just I don't know, spitballed a few names. You guys want you guys want to hear some ideas? Yeah, we're, we're open. Yeah. We're open to know. ideas. Okay, well, let's just I mean, <clears throat> throw a couple of these out there. What a pod swap. I don't know. Okay. Not like bad. it. Yeah. We got uh switchcast. You could do switchcast. I like the switchcast. Yeah, that takes a like some of Twitch. Hashtag switchcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh but you can go pod jumping. Are we pod jumping okay. here? Yes. Okay. But I'll I just yeah. you're on the professional guest circuit, right? That's your <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. professional <laughs> pod guest circuit. That's your move right there. But I'll share with you my favorite. This is my favorite one. I don't know. Transpotting. Here we go. Are, are think, we uh, starring Leo DiCaprio one... or something? Like that? <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. I'm just throwing it out there, guys. I don't no, know. we appreciate yeah. that. No, I, I, we'll, we'll work on that yeah. name. We'll figure it out because you know we want to do this again. And and really, Nubs, we had this idea of doing a crossover type show, maybe once a month, where we invite someone on from another podcast we admire and enjoy. And and I requested that yours be the first um, of the three of us on Middle Age Men on. Uh, I may be the biggest uh, music fan, although James is really passionate about his bands. I know that. And Gina's more of a um, single genre type of guy with 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 the country scene, uh, which is cool. To but everything. Well, you're, everything. you're big into country. You and Kenny Chesney. Are, we don't acknowledge country music on two things in an album. Sorry, Gina. Yeah, you have referenced it twice that I've <laughs> I've only I've listened to a few, but I've heard Tove mention Willie and Family twice live which i am not listening to willie's different willie's you know, different. we don't count willie or johnny cash country. <laughs> yeah. outlaw country doesn't count that's, that's come on that's not, <laughs> no. so obviously when gene mentioned your podcast to me i went in checked it out and i really like what you guys do and once i saw the types of albums you selected to do a deep dive on i was even more intrigued so uh, oasis the subject of your uh, third episode is uh, is my favorite band, and uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. I have a deep connection with their music, and um, I just appreciated what you guys did there with that episode, and and I uh, felt like I could sit next to you and 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 add value to that one. You know, I was really into it. But you know, one would think, you know, on the surface, when you think Oasis, you you do definitely maybe right, or what's the story, Morning Glory, which is you know what brought their sound to America, featuring Wonderwall, right? So. But no, you went in on Be Here Now, and immediately you had my attention. And uh, just, I had a feeling 
there was some sort of method to your madness with um, how you did this and, and, and how you approached each episode. So why don't we jump right into it with some questions about Two Twins and an album. And, and I'll start just with a combo uh, question here. Um, you know, how did the podcast come to be? Uh, could you provide a, a little overview about what you aim to accomplish in each episode? And, and then how do you choose the albums? Well, Two Twins and an Album is, is I think, one of many podcasts that developed during this pandemic. <laughs> so, you know, COVID plays a role in the sense that my brother and I, we're, we're musicians, right? So we're, we're music lovers, we're music appreciators, but we're also active musicians. We play an electric band called the Anders Orange, which, which is active in our acoustic duo, which we very creatively call, you know, Nick and Chris. You know, what a, what a name, huh? So we, we play... Regularly, we have you know regular gigs and residencies and things like that. And and COVID came along and halted all of that as it halted so many things in our lives that we uh, enjoy, right? And so we are in this sort of dead period musically. And I got to give all the credit to T. Uh, it was his idea to start a podcast, and it was as simple as he called me one day and said, "Dude, let's do a podcast." <laughs> and it was like, "Okay, sounds good." And in terms of the album thing, that was a no brainer because we're both, you know, huge appreciators of the album as a piece of art. And we listened to a lot of podcasts that analyze albums. And there was a series called classic albums that was on VH1 for a while. And so we love this album analysis thing, but we wanted to make sure it was something that wasn't elitist at all. It was something more down to earth, just a little more something that people can relate with. And so our goal from the beginning was, you know, let's choose familiar artists, but let's do the albums that maybe are a little bit off the beaten path. So, you know, Dave, your, your point about Oasis, you know, Be Here Now is, is actually one of the more polarizing albums of the 90s. And it's an album that T and I both love. It's easily our favorite Oasis album. But most of the I believe outside, his, his, his phrase was misunderstood. Yes, not yes, polarized, exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly right. It, but most of the outside world thinks of Oasis as those first two albums. And so an analysis of that seemed much more interesting to us than an analysis of something that people are familiar with. You know, we we love Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. We love that album, but we're not gonna do a podcast on that because it's overdone. That right. album is well analyzed, you know, just Google it and you'll see 5,000 different types of analysis on it. Frontwards and backwards. Frontwards, yes, exactly. <laughs> and along with Wizard of Oz, you know? Ah, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, exactly. And so for us, you know, we, we definitely, if there's one thing we've been conscious about with Two Twins and an Album, it is the fact that we want to choose albums that are just a little bit off the beaten path in terms of what people are used to hearing about. And that that has been something that's been conscious and that we've definitely tried to focus on. And it doesn't mean we're choosing artists that people have never heard of. Trust me, we could choose artists that people have never heard of. We could be those guys, you know, we could get really deep into these, you know, the bowels of obscure music. And we don't want to do that because you want people to listen, right? But we also don't want to choose things that are so obvious. We love Dark Side of the Moon. We love Sgt. Peppers. We love, you know, these classic works. But why would we analyze those to buffoons like us? We should choose things that um, are, are a little bit more interesting and a little bit less examined than the things that have already been well analyzed. So, it, you know, if there's one thing we're a little bit conscious about, it's that we outside of that, it, it's the, the work is incredibly spontaneous. I mean, we we really we do no rehearsal. We do no prep. Uh, but I, that's the advantage when you share the womb. You know, you, you kind of have a built in 
chemistry and understanding about certain things. So I guess if there's one W O M B. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. Yes, that womb. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. I, I mean, the knowledge base that you guys have is so deep and the breadth of of bands that you guys go to uh, from Huey Lewis and the News to Metallica. It's so wide. And, and now I've known you uh, as a friend and an individual and as co-worker for many years. I've gotten to know your brother, uh, T, through through our interactions. I've seen you guys play together. Uh, I have. Uh, an album of yours, just the experiences that you guys have had as a brother, as as twins, must really shape the broadcast. Yeah, and and certainly being twins is a huge part of the podcast. It is, and the the, the people that listen, the, the the most frequent thing we get in terms of a word to describe is chemistry. People say that, you know, that, and it's like, yeah, of course we have chemistry. You know, we've been doing this a long time. We just kind of literal chemistry. Right. I haven't been doing it on a microphone uh, and publishing it, but so there's built in chemistry. I think when you're twins and when you're passionate about the same thing and you spend, you know, 40 plus years talking about it. Right. And so that, that comes a little bit inherently, but in terms of our, our musical journey, you know, when we were kids, we, we grew up in Plymouth, Michigan, and there was a record shop in town called repeat the beat, an independent owned record store. This is back when those things actually existed. And actual records, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And we were just obsessively interested with going to the record store every day. It was like less than a mile from our middle school. And every day we would walk there or beg whoever was driving us to take us there and just literally walk up and down the aisles all day and just and cherish music as this thing that you hold. If there's one thing we're supremely passionate about at Two Twins in an Album, it's the phase when music was something that you held and owned and valued mm -hmm. whether it was on vinyl or cd or the dreaded cassette but uh th this time where you could where you held music and you collected it and the cover art was something that you became fascinated I, mean, I can't tell you how many albums i bought purely because of the cover you mm -hmm. know, and the curiosity that went into that nowadays if you go to a record shop you can literally putting your AirPods and go to Amazon music and listen to the album before you buy it. That wasn't the case in 1992. No, you know, you bought things based on all sorts of other factors, but none larger than curiosity. So my brother and I, we, we have this incredibly romantic view of the album, one that's completely unhealthy. And if you don't believe me, <laughs> look at our collections, you know, it's the, the time and, and money and energy we've spent on building these, you know, crazy record collections is, is sort of insane, but it comes out of a deep passion and it connects to our youth. I mean, music was for a long period of time for my brother and I was the only consistent thing in our lives. And, and that's why we held on to it so much. And I, and that united us. And the thing to Gene's question is that that unites us just as much at 41, I think, as it did when we were 12. And, and that, I think that's what makes Two Twins in an album unique and maybe even a little bit special just because the role that music played in our lives is, is very real. And hopefully that comes through, but not in a way that is cringeworthy. Hopefully it's just yeah. in a way that that shows the appreciation of it. And then the, the just the banter of Two Twins, you know, is is part of the podcast as well. Even if you some of our favorite listeners are people who who really don't give a flip at all about music <laughs> or the album we're talking about. They just enjoy the banter between us. And hopefully that's part of it too, you know, and, and two brothers disagreeing that never gets old.
I love the respect you show to to the artists and the songs and and the albums. You talk a lot about sequencing and how that goes into laying out an album, and it's a story, right? Um, but even songs you don't like, you you treat it with respect, and and I think that's really cool. We want to be nerdy without being annoying. You know that that's kind of <laughs> one of the goals. And and again, we said on our episode zero where we sort of explained this thing to the very best of our ability. It's funny we did an episode zero. Where we explained the podcast, <laughs> and like we didn't know what the hell we were, we were going to do. It was just that was like, funny, actually. Yeah, exactly. And but I remember. And T, you know, and T deserves so much credit for this whole thing. I mean, it really was his idea and, and he does all the editing, which as you guys know, anyone who does a podcast know the beauty is in the editing, right? Like yep. he, does, he works. Thanks, Dave. He, yeah, he works. Dave so is our Van Gogh. Oh, nice. There you go. Every podcast needs a Van Gogh. So, um, and T works so hard on that, but on episode zero, one of the things that, that he said right from the start is this thing's not going to be elitist, you know, it real in it's, we're going to choose albums that we think um people like and that meant something to us you know and and artists that people uh know you know we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna go choosing my favorite you know progressive rock band from finland even though that would be fun we're not gonna do that we're gonna choose things that people i appreciate it yeah exactly gene yeah <laughs> that people are somewhat familiar with but again put that spin on it where those who like dave those who are really into a band or into albums can can still find some uniqueness in it what about uh, uh i'm curious what bands would you are you guys looking at coming up on your podcast what kind of albums are we looking at so our, our most recent episode uh that we just recorded is uh, a flock of seagulls debut album which <laughs> nice. is is one of those kind of overlooked gems of the 80s you know yeah. and we talk about one hit wonder the idea of a one hit wonder what does that mean you probably can see the rhythm of the episodes. We alternate between who picks the album and who leads the episode. So Flock of Seagulls was, was, uh, it was a nubs episode. So yeah, I was going to say that's you. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so, um, we, the one thing we do plan is sort of the sequence of, of each episode album wise, we do want to mix up the decades. We want to mix up the, the style of music. And so we're a little thoughtful of that we usually plan three or four episodes, out and mm. and then we you might have noticed that for episode 25 we did one of our favorite albums which was typo negative october rust which is a metal band and um so well, peter peter's gone now peter's gone exactly yeah. and so we're our plan is to do typo every certain amount of episodes and revisit that because it's a band that's so important to us but so we do plan those things out but i know on the horizon for for me i mean one of the things i know we're going to do pretty soon is is an album by Yes called 90125. Mm. Yes is is aside from Genesis, which is my all-time favorite band, Yes is my second favorite band. And so we're going to do that album um which has an interesting story behind it and I look forward to that. And so then so cool. T, T will probably choose something, you know, complimentary to that in the next couple as well. So I I know that the next one we're recording is is T's episode and we're doing Faith No More Angel Dust. Oh nice. Um, which wow. will be cool too. So we're just, we're so all over the map, but we are such music nerds. I mean, we really are. And the funniest thing, if there's one thing I'm elitist about in music, it's that when I hear people say, I listen to everything, I'm like, oh, really? Do, do you really? Like, <laughs> I do. You know, and maybe, not, like, maybe not, maybe not nubs and toaf everything, but I listen to as much as I can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um, I mean, we, it's not conscious for us to show this, but hopefully people are seeing the range, you know, mm -hmm. and it is, it is a pretty 
huge range of the the type of things that we're passionate about in terms of albums and in terms of music. So I know those are the two on the immediate horizon, Faith No More and Yes. And then we'll continue to kind of choose albums strategically. We, we One of the things we did recently, we chose an album we both hate and we knew we hated. I chose Radiohead's Kid. I was wondering if that was going to be the one. Yep. Yeah. And, and that was just kind of an example of, you, you still know, don't get it, right? We still don't get it. Right? <laughs> we absolutely. Still, we will, I will never get that album. I just, you know, and I, we, I, you could hear in the episode, we, we, admire and love OK Computer. And my brother is a huge fan of the Benz and so am I. But that Kid A album, I mean, it's just, it's just awful. I don't know if you guys are here, but we broke out the synthesizers and yes. we're creating Kid B, uh, yep. our own version of Kid A. Um, and fantastic. I think I think Kid B is better than Kid A, I'm just saying. <laughs> but um, that was one, that was an interesting thing for us. You know, we chose an album that we truly both hated and we wanted to revisit it and see if it had changed. Wonderful. Now, uh, Nubs, you and your brother are veteran, uh, savvy, grizzled veteran podcasters at this point, right? <laughs> uh, we are, uh, you know. We go back to August, man. They yeah. are old in this business. We, We've been we doing it a long year, time, guys. Right? So, we're, yeah. We're, yeah, we're real experts, guys. We can <laughs> By tell comparison, everybody how to do it. We stand on your shoulders, my friend. Yeah, you, you are grizzled. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just glad that middle-aged men was able to, to kind of put me between the vasectomy episode <laughs> and what's what's next? The March sagging. March Madness is next. March March, oh, March Madness. Yeah. I was gonna say like the sagging episode. Or like, what, like, <laughs> yeah. what, what's on the horizon? But uh. the, the episode of you guys that I love, by the way, is and I thought this was brilliant. The the first ride on a Peloton. <laughs> that was just fabulous. <laughs> Such a great idea, you know, and like. That, that live action thing it was just so authentic. It's like, hey, let's literally let, tune into somebody doing their first Peloton ride. And so I think what's cool about the middle-aged men thing is that you're, you're, you guys have a true open book on whatever your topics are. I mean, you guys can do anything on this thing, you know? Yeah. And ours is a little more limited. You know, we, we do have to keep it somewhat within a music sphere and an album <laughs> sphere, but... I think that's what's what's cool about you guys this thing but you know all i can say it's not advice or anything like that i'm not here to get i, I can't give anyone advice but what i can tell you is that people in 2021 are resonating with authenticity in a way that i've never seen before people don't want to hear anything that's plastic in any way they want to hear real people talk about real things in real ways and that's what certainly what we're I wouldn't say we're trying to do. It's just what we're doing. What you're you know? doing, right? You know, right. It's just happening. We we would have. We say this all the time in the podcast. We literally would have these conversations, T and I, if we weren't on microphones. I mean, we, we seriously. These are the things we argue about over the phone <laughs> on Wednesday nights. You know, when our when our wives and kids are really needing their dads, and we're <laughs> off. You know, try, trying to figure out. You know, what what's the better Megadeth album? <laughs> you know. And so, so much of it is is just super organic, and and I think that's what people want in their in their podcast. I think I don't know. Hell, whatever I say right now will change in two months anyway. <laughs> All right, I don't want to waste any more of your time, but I got a question for you. You talked about the youth. You've got your passion. You've your brother has a passion. You guys have this amazing knowledge. How are you sharing that with the youth? It's something that you guys grew up on. It's something that you've believed in. It's now that's something that you're sharing, not just for your children, but for our children, for anyone that's, you know, they're not going to be able to hold a podcast, but they're going to be able to find it. How are you sharing that love of, of history with the youth of Plymouth or Saline or Southeast Michigan or beyond? 
It's a great question. And, and I, I hope nobody out there thinks that we plan this question because it, it allows me to talk about something that's really, you know, important to me and, and uh, hopefully important to musicians in our community. But about five years ago, I founded uh, a nonprofit organization called In The Band. And the full name is In The Band Music Appreciation Studio, but really we call it In The Band. And what it is, it's a, it's a music haven for student musicians in our community. It's a room that um, is full of instruments, and opportunities for musicians all for free to come and create and form bands and learn how to be in bands in a place that allows them to do that. You know, when I was uh, growing up as a drummer, my musical home was my parents' basement. Mm. And unfortunately, every 10 minutes, you know, one of my parents would yell down and tell me to stop playing so loud. And so I, I, I remember at 14 years old, I had this idea that wouldn't it be great to just have a place that I could go and just play and just be me as a musician. And that's really what I, I wanted to accomplish within the band was to give young musicians in our community a home, a place where they could come and create without any constrictions and also, you know, be in a place that supported them. Because you think about it, musicians get a lot of support if you're into jazz or classical, you can do all those things at school. but. What about the rock musicians? What about right. those that want to rock? There really is no place for them to go. And so our mission at In The Band is community access and support. We want to create a community for young musicians. Young musicians need community. You guys know young people need community today more than ever. No doubt. Because yes. if not, they're going to be sitting at home on their phones, not learning how to engage with people. And as a young musician, I starved for community. I felt totally misunderstood. I felt like nobody out there truly under, you know, kind of got what it was to be a, a young person who was really passionate about being a musician. And so community is important. Access is key. Everything at In The Band is free. Everything. Wow. So kids can come and learn how to play guitar, learn how to play keyboards, learn how to play drums on our two drum sets. It's stocked full of instruments, all for no charge. It's very important to us to give everybody an opportunity to be a musician. Because, you know, no matter what community, you're, no matter what community you're from, there's going to be families in that community that might have kids that are passionate about music, but they, they don't have the means to be able right. to provide it. And so that's a huge part of in the band. Then of course, support, we mentor bands, we provide opportunities for them to play live shows in our space, which are so much fun. And we twice a year, we put our musicians on seven inch vinyl uh, just wow. to give them that opportunity. I mean, that's something they can show their kids 20 years later, right? Hope maybe more than 20 years later. And say, hey, you know, I got to be put on a record because of this place in Plymouth, Michigan that supported us. And so um, it, it's an incredibly inspiring project. And the, you know, of course, the pandemic slowed us down. But pre-pandemic, we had a ton of momentum at In The Band in terms of the scene that we were creating. We were actually creating this community. And we look forward to, we're, we're working on our re-entry plans right now and getting our kids back into the space because... You know, young people need their outlets now more than ever, especially after this pandemic. Nubs, it so, sounds like it sounds like School of Rock, the Jack Black movie, right? I mean, it's uh, it sounds very similar to that. Um, and Gene and I were talking. You you played in a band with the actor from that movie, right? I did. You yeah, brother. yeah. You. Okay, it was me. Yeah, I, I was uh, with Joey Gatiss, who's the guitarist. I think his character was Zach. Zach Mooney, the guitarist. Yeah. Yes. Is that right? And so. Um, Joey, he's was, a local kid as well, right? He is. Yeah. Yeah. He grew up in Belleville, Michigan, which isn't far from here. And 
when I was in my early 20s, my first job out of college was uh, reviewing music for a newspaper uh, in the Don River area, south of Detroit. And I, as one of the feature stories I did was, was an interview with Joey Gatiss, and this was soon after the movie came out. And we, after the interview, we kind of yucked it up and we hit it off pretty well. And he mentioned that he was doing auditions for his band. And I was like, well, I'm a drummer. When's your auditions? You know, and not thinking in a million years that he would want, you know, kind of a 20 something guy to come and play drums with him. And I went and auditioned and got the gig. And I was like, whoa, this That's is really insane. cool. And things were really hot. You know, the movie had done really well. And, yeah. and the thing about Joey is he was such a legit guitarist. I mean, the kid was a prodigy, you know, he's wow. fabulous. And so um, for you know a few years, played with him, and we played all over the region and played some really fun shows. We recorded uh, a full-length album called On Display. So that was a really fun time. I played in a ton of bands and with a bunch of different people, but that, that, was, that was a true moment of you know, kind of striking something while it was hot, not just because he was such a good musician, but the notoriety of the movie yeah. brought a lot of attention to the band, and, and that was... Uh, that was a really fun few years for sure. I had a blast. No, this has been great, man. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. It was so keep much up the fun. great work. Yeah, they yeah. Appreciate Thank that. you much. Appreciate the boys and keep up your Amazing great work podcast. as well. And I, I enjoyed the transpotting that we did today.